Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of the Colton and Jimmy podcast. I'm your host, Colton Kriska. And I'm your host, Jimmy Begley. And today's topic, all right, is going to be a nice and interesting one. So, Jimmy, when me and you graduate and all the other future college graduates out there, when we graduate, okay, and we go on to the labor, the labor force, the labor market, what do you think we'd be considered? We'd be considered a hot commodity. Ah, yes, <laughs> a hot commodity, very valuable resource out there. Labor is a resource. And so today we're going to be talking about hot commodities, all right, so the commodities market. Um, so to give you some background, a commodity is a raw material or primary agricultural product that can be bought and sold, uh, such as copper or coffee. It's a basic good used in commerce that is interchangeable with other commodities of the same type. So, Jimmy, why don't you give us some more background? Yeah, sure. So the one thing that you want to remember is these aren't just like the, the bags of coffee or, you know, like the can of Folgers that you're buying at the supermarket. These are industrial-sized important agricultural products or natural resources that are traded on exchanges through buy with buyers and sellers once again you're going to use a brokerage just like you do for the sale of stocks of equity so in the u.s the most popular exchanges are those run by the cme group and that was formed after the chicago mercantile exchange and the chicago board of trade merged in 2006 the new york mercantile exchange is among its operations the Intercontinental Exchange in Atlanta and Kansas City Board of Trade are also involved. One of the, It's one of the oldest professions to trade commodities. You can think even like back in the day, back when agriculture first started like thousands of years ago, people eventually started storing these products while other people specialized through their crafts of making you know, baskets or whatever art products and they became artisans. But those who were storing it had to find a way to price these items and so that there weren't just, you know, oh, each person was buying it at a different price. There had to be some type of order. So eventually that's how we got today. Even years ago, there were different prices and people would be up on the phone, you know, with one with a buyer and one, another with a seller trying to hedge these different commodities. And we'll get into more of those and maybe not in this episode, but in futures and later episodes. But basically it's one of the oldest professions. It's a very volatile market. Gains are and losses are both magnified with leverage. However, in times of economic downturn, commodities such as gold, silver, platinum can increase in value or at the very minimum not lose their value. And that's just because there's so many uses. Not only are they people like gold, silver through jewelry, they're considered you know, a wealth, a luxury, but they also have utility through computer processing. And then there's agricultural products, which people need to eat. It's just something that won't go away anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, go through a list of, of some of the most common commodities that you can buy out there. Uh, so the first category is energy. Obviously, everyone uh, needs energy. Uh, everything you do requires some tor- some type of energy source. So the number one, and I'm sure everyone can guess it, is oil. Uh, you've got you know very very popularly watched of all the commodities. I would say is the oil stock price and so you've got you know tensions in the middle east that often make that fluctuate a lot um you've also got heating oil uh natural natural gas which is actually like at its lowest point in history i believe it's pretty low right now Uh, you've got unleaded gas and you've got brent crude oil Um, moving on you've also got metals 
metals here. You've got gold, silver, platinum, copper. Uh, it's it's a long list of of metal uh, metal commodities that that you've got there. But those are the four main ones. The next group would be agricultural products such as corn, soybeans, and wheat. And one thing you want to really consider is that how these products are sold. So these products such as corn, soybeans, and wheat, they're sold in bushels. While you're thinking like oil are sold in barrels while you've got gold and silver which are sold by um but i think they're sold per ounce yeah um so you got to remember that they're all in the next in the agricultural sector actually goes to meat and livestock which are lean hogs live cattle and feeder cattle and these actually go down to even smaller subsets you have even got like inside you've got pork like pork bellies uh there's different types of like pig can actually be chopped up into different sections it's wide wide variety because you got to think of mcdonald's for example because they're just so massive mcdonald's needs to find a way to get its suppliers and people in the middlemen to basically bring let's say for their mcrib when that comes out i believe it's i was told the other day that mcdonald's becomes the world's largest buyer of pork when the mcrib is put back on the menu it's kind of insane but They've got to make a way to basically get the farmers who raise the pigs and bring it all the way down to their McDonald's shop. And so to do this, they have to make sure that they have basically the contracts and the ability to get all of those pork bellies to their store so they can feed you your McRib. Yeah, and absolutely. And going back to, to the bushels of corn, the the Chicago Board of Trade actually stipulates, um, and this comes from Investopedia.com, uh, the Chicago Board of Trade stipulates that one Futures contract for corn constitutes 5,000 bushels. Um, so that just gives you an idea right there of what, what when you're trading that type of commodity, uh, the amount that you've got there. So the, the last big group would be consumer products such as cocoa, coffee, cotton, and sugar. These are just products that you use, whether it be in your clothes, your food, your drink, or whatever it be. They're something that you'll use every day. And then we get into the two types of commodity traders, which are buyers and sellers. Colton, why don't you go over these a little bit more? Yeah, so obviously you've got two different types of traders. The first type is buyers and sellers. So you've got buyers, which are companies that purchase and take ownership of the commodity. Uh, this can be stuff like Starbucks. They actually buy coffee and take hold of it. Uh, ExxonMobil takes a hold of actual barrels of oil. Tyson Foods actually takes hold of cattle products like um, chicken and, and and other cattle products. Um, right, chicken is a cattle product. Yes, chicken, yeah. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and then you've got sellers, which are obviously companies that actually produce the commodity and sell it and get it off of their, their, off of their land. Um, the biggest one of these is a Fortune 500 company known as Archer Daniels Midland. Um, it's actually one of like the top five biggest Fortune 500 companies in Chicago. Um, I would just, you know, I know that from from my internship search there. And they sell a lot of different agricultural goods. They sell cattle themselves. They sell corn. They soy. They sell wheat. Um, they actually sell biofuel as well. That when they um, from, I, I don't know the exact science, but when you break down the corn and turn it into biofuel. The other type of commodity traders, those are called speculators. And those are the people that they don't care 
whether they end up actually getting the bag of coffee or not, you know, that, that they trade. They're worried about the profit and the loss of commodity value. They're there just to make profits off of the, the trading of the commodity. Um, and so they play a vital role in helping buyers and sellers actually maintain a good balance in between um, speculators are basically like the middleman between buyers and sellers. So, um, you know, if, if the price of oil is down, uh, the speculators are actually going to help offset that cost between the buyers and the sellers. Um, so it'll the, the risk is on the speculators. And that's how when it's going speculators way, it, they're going to take advantage of it. And when you know, when the risk is going the opposite way, the buyers and the sellers are still going to maintain at a very level price, uh, but the speculators are going to end up taking more of the losses on it. Yeah, I think that's a good, great point because you got to think of those people add liquidity to the product is that when you're buying and selling these things, they're also usually under contract. So you're buying, let's say, a few thousand bushels of corn or wheat or whatever you're buying, you know, you're buying those contracts for it's a contract to buy them and receive them by a certain date. Whether you want them or not as a speculator or as a buyer or seller, you want them, it, it basically creates liquidity in the market. So maybe you don't want them, but you can worry about the profit of the increase in value of that and then sell it to someone who actually will want it on a later date. So just to wrap things up here, I mean, why does an investor invest in commodities? Well. Every business major out there, and even if you're not a business major, you should have somewhat of an idea of supply and demand. Um, if you if you know these concepts of supply and demand, you'll know that as inflation increases, uh, commodities prices also increase. Because if it's more expensive to buy coffee, that means the cocoa, the price for cocoa and the price for coffee and all that has gone up. So. Investors use commodities as a great hedge against inflation. That the hedge means that they're using it uh, to offset the the difference in that inflation. So the reason you invest in commodities is is to help your portfolio with inflation um, because it is a way to to keep up with that inflation at the same time. Um, so that's just why you invest in commodities. So uh, next episode we're going to be talking about how you actually buy and sell commodities through futures contracts. Um, so tune in next time for that episode. So that concludes this episode of the Colton and Jimmy podcast. We thank you for listening. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at Colton and Jimmy podcasting and at Facebook at Colton and Jimmy podcast. Please message us with suggestions for what you want to hear on the show. If you haven't already, go watch the previous 20 episodes on Anchor, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast players. Take care.